Hi everyone, I'm Adrian Antonio, Investment Advisor of BPI, and welcome to another episode of Wealth Watchers. As the third quarter of 2022 ends, the global and local markets are battered yet again by weakening stock prices, still rising policy rates, heated inflation, and plummeting currencies globally. Today, we discuss the recent economic developments their impact on the market, and how we can weather this challenging environment. We recently had a webinar about these market events, so tune in as we listen to Alan Kalika, one of our investment analysts, as he tackles these topics. Hi, Adrian. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me to do this webinar. Uh, it's my pleasure to meet everyone today, albeit virtually, and we have a lot of things to unpack. So to our audience, just a small favor, please. Hope you can bear with me as we go over today's discussion. Thanks, Alan. And of course, thanks as well to our new and usual listeners for spending your Friday morning with us. Let's go right into our discussion. Alan, first and foremost, I heard September was quite a dynamic month. How did investments fare for the month? You're right, uh, Adrian, on that one. For the final months of the third quarter, it was very eventful, especially in terms of our investment returns. So we go over this table. Uh, the first portion has the returns of bonds or fixed income on a year-to-date basis or for the period ending September 30. You can see local bonds, the first white row, were down 5%, while global bonds, the second white row, lost 9%. In the second portion, we have the returns of our stocks or equities, which have likewise posted negative returns, with global stocks losing 15% year-to-date and the Philippine Stock Exchange or PSEI losing 19%. Note that uh, losses of global bonds and global stocks are in peso terms. So this includes the depreciation of the peso, which reduced the overall dollar losses of 21% and 26% respectively. And in the last portion, you'll see uh, it shows the Philippine peso, which has depreciated by almost 13% against the US dollar, with the exchange rate rising from 51 pesos per dollar at the start of the year to roughly 59 by the end of September. So overall, uh, investments remain challenged year to date with returns as of September 30 roughly the same or even slightly worse than returns as of June 30. That's interesting, particularly the last thing you mentioned. It's as if returns did not change since June. But I know that what really happened is that the recovery in returns experienced in July and August simply reversed in September. Alan, what caused that reversal? What's the source of the market sentiment? Yeah, so one of the headlines in September was the U.S. Central Bank's or the Federal Reserve's policy rate hike. But uh, together with that, the U.S. Fed members also released their economic projections over the next years, which showed the Fed's resolve of stopping inflation 
and the apparent expectation mismatch between the Fed and the market. So let me just highlight a couple of points on this uh, screen. First, in terms of GDP or economic growth, that's the top portion of the table, you'll see that the Fed is expecting most of the economic slowdown to already happen this year, while the market is only expecting that by next year. And second, as seen in the bottom rows, a reduction in policy rate is being expected by the market as early as next year, but the Fed is factoring in another possible rate increase in 2023. So the release of these projections showed the Fed's stance of increasing interest rates higher at a much faster pace and for a longer period of time, which has uh, given the market, which was given by the market an acronym of HFL or higher, faster, longer. So this affects global central banks, including the BSP, as they have to respond in some form or the country's currency will likely see some weakening. So the same pronouncements from the Fed also caused uh, global stocks to weaken in September. Maybe you've already heard before, but initially, investors were thinking that there is room for the Fed to pause on increasing its policy rate because inflation was said to be slowing in July. However, with the latest inflation print showing it is quite sticky and the Fed signal that it will continue raising rates, investors were quite disappointed. The high level of interest rates also raised concerns about slower economic growth, and these led to some sell-off in the stock markets. So as you can see in the chart, most stock markets saw a good amount of decline in September, losing more or less 10% in value. Philippine stocks in particular, that is the red line, returned negative 13% in September alone, as affected by the market's dampened sentiment and weak peso, which we go back to later on. But I guess another point we want to highlight in this chart is because of the weakening in September, stock markets are now basically back to their historical levels. And that gives investors an opportunity to buy stocks at their previously low price. By the end of September, the PSEI or the local bourse, again, that is the red line, went back to its level two years ago. It recovered in the few trading days of this month and is now hovering in the October 2020 range. S&P 500, the U.S. stock barometer, that is the blue line, reached back to its November 2020 level and rebounded just this month to its January 2021 level. And finally, World Equities Benchmark, which is a composite or mix of global stocks, that's the green line, dipped to its end 2019 point, slightly moving back up most recently to its November 2020 level. So recall back in March 2020, this scenario also happened, wherein stocks or stock markets tanked because of the COVID-19 pandemic. But after that, investors who decided to buy then were able to get good returns after. So yes, stock markets weakened, but this also brought about an opportunity for our investors as prices are now back to levels we had when we were just starting to recover from the COVID-19 pandemic. That's very well said, Alan, and thanks for that. So broadly, returns reversed because of changes in expectation and concerns about interest rates rising, which may lead to an economic slowdown. But the good thing is this presents an opportunity for investors 
to gradually accumulate as they are back to their historical levels. Now, you mentioned something about the Philippine peso's continuous weakening. What's the most recent update on this? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's correct. So towards the end of uh, September, the Philippine peso briefly touched the 59 exchange rate against the US dollar, breaking uh, August's highest level of 57.18. Just to reiterate, the main reasons why we've seen the peso weaken against the US dollar year to date are because of, first, the Philippines is spending a lot of dollars in buying imports compared to what we get from exports. And second, the dollar in itself is strengthening as the U.S. Central Bank or the U.S. Fed raised its policy rates more aggressively, making it more attractive to buy U.S. dollars. So we give more color on the first point. Again, uh, it's about the spending of dollars of the Philippines. But before going through this slide, just a quick review again on the jargons. So exports are the goods and services that the Philippines uh, provides to other countries. So we are able to get dollars from these transactions. Meanwhile, imports are the goods and services that the Philippines acquire or buy from other countries. So we need dollars for this one because entities have to pay in dollars to the other countries for the imports that they're getting. So in the chart, we show the difference between the two, the difference between exports and imports. So from January to July of this year, you'll see that the gap between exports and imports is $35 billion. And that's already close to full-year gaps in 2019 and 2021 of around $40 billion. This shows that we're importing more in terms of volumes because our economy has been recovering from the pandemic. But at the same time, prices of the goods we are importing, like all oil, have also risen, which exacerbated the effects of the higher volume. So this scenario has added upward pressure to the exchange rate as local entities acquire U.S. dollars to buy these imports or to pay for their importations. The higher the need for the dollar, the stronger the dollar, and the weaker the peso. I would just like to clarify that when we say the peso has weakened, it means the dollar-peso exchange rate has gone up. So we're getting more pesos per dollar because the value of the peso has weakened relative to the U.S. dollar. So as mentioned, the second reason for the weak peso is elaborated on this slide, so about policy rates. Here, we emphasize that uh, the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, or the BSP, has raised its policy rate by half a percentage point in September, bringing its cumulative increase for the year to 2.25%, while the U.S. Fed has now cumulatively increased its policy rate by 3%. So that shows that the BSP has been less aggressive than the Fed so far, which contributed to the peso's weakening. So at the start of the year, the interest rate differential was 1.75%. That's the 2% less the 0.25%. But now it has come down to 1%, so the, the rightmost portion. And as the interest rate differential between the two shrinks, the less reason for foreign, even local investors, to place money in peso investments. So other currencies are also weakening as the Fed has generally been more aggressive than other countries' central banks. So in the coming months, both uh, BSP and the Fed will have two more meetings for 2022 to decide on their policy rates, one in November and another in December. 
So most are expecting that there will be more rate hikes for both central banks in those meetings. So it may be a good idea also to wait a bit more before investing in chunks or uh, investing largely in bonds or interest-bearing investments. That's point well taken, Alan. So rate hikes will likely continue even for the BSP. And they're really doing this to fight off inflation. Is this correct? Can you expound more on that, Alan? Yes, you're right, Adrian. Uh, really doing this for inflation. So the main reason why the BSP and the Fed uh, have been raising interest rates is that they want to temper inflation. That is part of their price stability mandate, which is why they are acting on it. As reported just last October 5, uh, Philippine inflation further rose to 6.9% for September. However, what is more noticeable over the last months is that inflation seems to be coming from more drivers. At the start of the year, the rest of the basket, that is the black pocket, was only contributing 0.8%. And that was also the case in the middle of the year. But in September, that came up to 1.2%. So in the past months, food has been the main driver, but other sources are also seeing some uptick. So the elevated commodity and oil prices have been seeping into more products, likely causing this. And this trend will likely continue moving forward, as there are also ongoing petitions for electricity rate hikes, which may affect our electricity bills, and recently approved transport hikes too. So even though we have yet to see the end of inflation being well above usual, we are already seeing that it has affected consumers and businesses alike in the country. So the left chart shows the current consumer sentiment, which has declined in the third quarter of 2022. And the top reasons that consumers mentioned were concerns over, first, faster increase in prices of goods or higher household expenses. So that's basically inflation. Second, low income. Third, fewer available jobs and working family members. Nonetheless, most still look forward to a better fourth quarter and year ahead as they expect more available jobs in the country, additional income, good governance and government policies, and provision of pension and financial assistance. Meanwhile, in the right chart, it was the business sentiment. So the business sentiment index has also declined, although it's still positive. So business owners are pointing out the following reasons for the decline in their optimism. First is higher inflation again. Second is rising fuel prices. Third is decline in sales and demand. They also pointed out the peso depreciation and the continuing threat of the COVID-19 virus. And as you can see, still similar to the consumers, businesses are also optimistic over the next quarter and the next 12 months. But their optimism has weakened. So you notice that in the chart, the dark yellow and blue lines went down but are still in positive territory as they think the same factors earlier mentioned will still persist. And other than that, they also said that seasonality shortages in su supply and higher interest rates may dampen the business environment in the foreseeable future. So these sentiments show the overall demand in the country may see a decline moving forward, which may help in solving the inflation problem but this would also be affecting the country's economic growth.
Okay, so inflation remains to be the main concern, not just for the investment market, but for local consumers and businesses also. So, Alan, with all these news and updates, it seems to me that the investment market looks to be very challenging. So what should we do then? Where can we place our money? Yeah, maybe before going there, as you've mentioned, Adrian, uh, yes, overall, the environment continues to be quite challenging for investments. Uh, local inflation, as mentioned earlier, went up to 6.9%. That's within market expectation, but also proves that inflation is sticky and it will remain like this for a while. And that, together with the Fed's rhetoric of continuing hikes, will possibly have uh, BSP continue its interest rate hikes to counteract inflation and the further weakening of the peso. Nonetheless, we still see some pockets of opportunity in this environment. So let's go over this slide. So we show two charts. So the left one is for U.S. Treasury yields, while the right is for Philippine bonds. On the chart itself, the vertical axis shows the going interest rates or yield levels. So that's 0% up to 8%. While the horizontal axis shows the tenor buckets or how long the maturity of the investment would be. So 3M means 3 months, 6M means 6 months, 1Y means 1 year, and so on. Now, the multicolored lines are the yield or going interest rate over the tenor buckets. So the usual level of bond rate over the past 10 years is the purple dotted line. And 2021 is the black line. Mid-2022 is the red line. And as of end September level is the green line. So here we can already observe that bond rates have gone up significantly over the past nine months. But more importantly, current bond rates are at historically higher levels already, making them more attractive than before. And that trend is seen across the tenors, including short-term bonds or bills. So let's focus on the right chart or Philippine bonds. For example, the six-month Philippine government bill, which is usually just a little over 2%, is just under 4% as of September. Meanwhile, the one-year Philippine government bond, which hovers in the 2.5% area, is already touching 4% also. So answering the question of where to invest, we see two alternatives. First, with the possibility of interest rates continuing price in the near term, you may prefer short-term investments or even cash for the meantime. So wait out the period when interest rates rise, invest, when interest rates do get higher. Second, if you have a little bit of extra, since we really cannot time the peak of bond yields and we really can't buy all our holdings during that specific point in time wherein interest rates are at their highest, then this is still a good opportunity to do gradual investing in bonds. Yields are already at historically higher levels anyway. And locking in a little bit at these levels will still be a good deal. Again, preference is on the short term, but with deals already attractive, then you can select what matches your needs and do some positioning or buying bit by bit. Very comprehensive. And thank you, Alan, for giving us a good review of the markets for the month of September. At this point, I think we have some time to answer some questions from our audience. All right, so for the first question we have here, 
for inflation, do you have a view when it could peak in the Philippines? All right. So I think this is really one of the most crucial questions the market has, but also a very difficult one as it involves many factors. In September, we've seen oil prices go down with WTI and Brent crude prices declining by around 10% during the month because of uh, aggressive rate hikes spurring concerns of a slowdown. So lower economic growth means lower oil demand. So there was downward pressure on oil prices. However, even though oil prices may have come down, we mentioned inflation is already coming from broader sources. And there may be a lack in the impact of the decline in commodity prices to inflation. In addition, persisting supply issues, supply chain issues, and the weak peso adds pressure to the overall rise in prices. So whether it has already peaked will be difficult to say, given that inflation remains to be relying on several external and even internal factors. But at least based on our model, we see inflation remaining to be elevated up to early next year. And currently, we expect inflation to have a full year average of 5.5% this year. All right. So this has been a resounding question for many foreign exchange um, investors. With the changes that occurred in September, what is now BPI's peso to dollar end of the year target? So on the peso, uh, we remain to be quite bearish on the peso in the medium term due to the expectations of more aggressive rate hikes from the U.S. Federal Reserve and the country's sizable current account deficit, which, which we touched on earlier a bit. What could possibly drive movements in the exchange rate in the next few months is how the BSP will respond to the aggressive rate hikes by the Fed. So far in our presentation, we've shown that the BSP has been less aggressive compared to the Fed, which is a key factor for exchange rate, uh, for the exchange rate to reach a new all-time high. Given this backdrop, we think the peso will likely remain under pressure in the medium term. And now BPI is forecasting 58.5 uh, exchange rate by year end. However, we still flag some upside risks depending on how the BSP will react on the rate hikes. All right. So now for equity investors, what do you think about local stocks or the PSEI? Should I invest right now? So for the PSEI, uh, there continue to be headwinds against local stocks, such as elevated inflation, the rising interest rate environment, and the weak peso. But as we've mentioned earlier, by the end of September, the PSEI went back essentially to its level two years ago, or its level in September 2020, the level of around 5,700. So that provides an opportunity for investors to accumulate at historical levels. Alternatively, being a defensive portfolio or those in steady sectors or even dividend-paying stocks may be appropriate for our investors who would like to have some cushion for the volatility that may be experienced in times of turmoil. All right. Thank you so much, Alan. I believe that this is all the time that we have for the questions. So before we let you go, Alan, do you have any final message for our dear audience? All right, sure, yeah. Uh, I guess from my end, the main message we want to convey right now is that similar to the past nine months, 
there will be a lot of developments that continue to unfold. And predicting all of these is a very difficult or even impossible task. While some may be pleasant surprises, some may disappoint the market, and this will cause volatility in our investments. Nonetheless, there are still some pockets of opportunity in this challenging environment. We've mentioned them already earlier. So remember, always consider your risk appetite, time horizon, and financial goals before investing. This way, you will be able to manage your expectations on your own investments. So that's all from me, um, Adrian. Thank you again to everyone who joined us this morning, and thank you very much for the productive discussion. Again, Alan, thank you so much for comprehensively answering all our questions today. So there you have it. To our listeners, we hope that wherever you are in the world, you are safe, happy, and comfortable. We hope you tune in to our next episode here on Wealth Watchers as we continue to monitor the movements of the markets. Watch out for signs of recovery and help you navigate these markets, especially during this volatile period. If you have any questions, send us an email at bpi underscore asset underscore management at bpi.com.ph. We would like to also announce that Investment Real Thrills is back. Investing just got more rewarding here at BPI Asset Management. We are giving away 1,000 pesos worth of e-gift certificates for every 1 million pesos you invest in any of the participating BPI investment funds. Join Investment Real Trails by visiting your branches or subscribing to our funds via BPI Online or the BPI Mobile app. Again, my name is Adrian Antonio. And thanks for tuning in to Wealth Radio, growing wealth made easy. PPI Asset Management and Trust Corporation is regulated by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas.